also while you're while you're trying to repair things, don't forget that it can still affect them. Be patient and understanding. Mm-hmm. And if if you're not if you're not on if you're not on my husband's side and you're on my side where you're helping to deal with the with the issues that were caused, like I know you are in your situation, Rish. Right. Um, be sure to remember that as well as you're helping yourself and your children through it. Things can pop up out of nowhere that you thought weren't a problem anymore, but it always affects everything. How you respond to how you've been treated can affect um, how your children deal with it. Mm-hmm. And so that's what everybody needs to keep in mind, no matter which side of the equation you're on, is yeah. everything you do affects everyone. Welcome to Dads on Deadlist podcast with me, your host, Rish. This podcast is to raise awareness around the social stigma of the word man up. Research has shown men are less likely to seek help for trauma, abuse, neglect, addictions, and mental illness because they will be perceived as weak. Research had directly or indirectly linked these problems to the social and cultural perceptions of the word man up. It's time to start a conversation and redefine this word man up. Each week, you will be hearing from men and women all around the world who survived emotional abuse, physical abuse, domestic violence, and addictions, and how they came out on the other side with triumph to begin a new chapter. Also, hear from experts and coaches all around the globe on matters like brain health, psychology of men and women, holistic healing, fitness, and last but not least, what it takes to be a man, overcoming the social stigma and expectations, and tap into your individual unique authenticity and vulnerability. Thank you for joining me in this mission to serve men around the world and letting them know they are not alone in this. Without further delay, let us welcome today's guest, Ariane Rosado. Ariane, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm glad to be here. So, I know you have lots of things going on. We're just kind of talking <laughs> a little bit. Yes. First of all, again, um, I'm so glad we met through Rise Up World and our Accelerator program um, through Pete Vergas. And... Your, your story, the very first time I talked to you, I remember uh, we kind of started talking and I mean, it was like 40, 30, 40 minutes. And that's, you know, like th- th- that's an amazing uh, story and how you have come on the other side and it's still working towards uh, helping other women. So so tell, tell my audience uh, who you are and who Arian is and uh, what's your story? All right. Um, well, I am a single mom of two. Um, my husband and I, we're technically separated right now, um, but we are in the process of starting our divorce. Um, after being married, it'll be nine years this summer. Um, we've been separated off and on throughout the years. For a very long time, um, I was afraid to get divorced. Um, not necessarily of him, um, but just of being a failure. And so for a long time, I did not pursue that as well as I continued to try to work things out with him. And I went back to him multiple times. That's, that's the gist of that. And then um, I have two wonderful kids from him. Um, I have several stepkids as well <laughs> um, that I love, but um, I don't get to see them anymore, of course, since we're separated. And um, we've had a rough go of things. And so my what I want to do is I want to help other single women um, that are in denial or in pain, deal with that pain and not put things off as long as I have, mm-hmm. um, especially dealing with their emotions, because the longer it takes for you to deal with your emotions, the worse it gets. Um, right. And that's, that's shown by me as well as my ex. Um, he had, he had traumatic um, childhood experiences as well and so that carried over not only into our marriage but into his parenting and I'm not 
I'm not sure exactly where he is right now because he doesn't talk about it a whole lot. But um, I do know it's been very hard for him to be able to step up and be who he wanted to be um, in his heart when we first got together compared to where he is now. So it's very interesting. And thanks for uh, sharing that. And thanks for, uh, you know, opening up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's hard to, uh, you know, it takes a lot of guts and a lot of courage. So I, I give a lot of kudos to you for that. Um, but these are the conversations I think uh, we need to have. And that's exactly why this platform is uh, created. Um, yeah. So I have, so going back to your story. Um, so when you said you guys are on and off for nine years mm-hmm. um, at any given time, like when did you start, when did you guys start having issues? Like um, with us, honestly, it started before we ever even got married. Um, he had been dating another girl and lied to me and told me that she was just the ex that wouldn't let go. Um, when in reality he hadn't broken up with her and, um, I believed him over her. And so really it all started before then. I mean, it started then, but, um, the problems in our marriage started about when he was in basic training for, um, several months and he came home midway, which was about six months into our marriage. And, um, I found out that he was still talking to a different girl. So uh, I'm going to interrupt you. So when you say mm-hmm. he was in basic training, he was in army or uh, Navy? He was in National Guard. National Guard. Okay. Yes. Okay. Army National Guard. And um, you, guys, you guys met when? Like in high we school? Left, we met in high school. Yes. He was. Okay. Um, he had just graduated when we got together. Mm-hmm. And um, I was still a senior. It was right before my senior year. And so um, we got together. And like I said, he was he was still in another relationship and I didn't know it. Um, and then I got pregnant right at the beginning of my senior year. Um, we moved in together and, um, we got engaged at Christmas. He put it in my stocking. (laughs) Um, I I knew, I knew something was up because I stuffed the stockings and I stuffed everybody's the exact same. So everything was in the exact same order in everybody's stocking. And so I'm pulling things out one by one and I'm like, wait a minute, this isn't the order I put this in here. I'm like, what's going on? (laughs) um, So finally they convinced me to like dump it, just dump the whole thing out. And so I did. And next thing I know, he's on one knee and his aunt's taking a picture because we lived with his aunt and uncle. And um, I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) So um, yeah, there's that. And then, um, then we got married right after my daughter turned right after my daughter was born. So she was about a month old when we got married. Okay. And um, by that point, we had moved in with his parents. So um, this, is, this is about nine years ago, right? Because you said your daughter yeah. is nine. Right my, my daughter will be nine this summer, yes. Okay. And so this was about nine years ago. And actually during the, the day of our wedding, I had found out that he had been talking to yet a different girl that I, I didn't even know existed until I messaged her and found out that they were indeed talking like I suspected. And um, we went ahead and got married anyway, <laughs> um, because I thought I loved him. Um, he was my he was my first everything. Um, he was my first date, my first kiss, everything. And so I seriously thought I was in love, and um, I thought he was too. And I thought that getting married would help him make that commitment, and that things would change. And of course, they did not because marriage is not the answer to the problem. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And so later on, he joined in the military and went away for basic, like I said, and um, he came home for Christmas break. And during that, I found I had his phone while he was asleep. And I I saw a message come in from another girl and found out that he he was talking to someone else. And so we got in a very big fight. And that was the first of our big fights. Um, we'd had little ones before um, while we were dating and engaged, but that was the first really big one because that was the first time I found out about it after we were married. And like I said, I thought everything would change <laughs> and it did mm. not. Um, and when he went back to basic, he had left his ring with me. Um, of course, through letters, he pleaded for me to send it back and he didn't mean it. And so I mailed it to him. And then it disappeared while he was in basic. So he never had his wedding ring again. Um, my ring also went missing during that trip. It disappeared into thin air. I have no idea where it went. Um, I believe he took it, hmm. but um, I don't know. Um, so then we we stayed together. We worked. We got an apartment. We moved out on our own. I thought, okay, maybe you know, getting our own place will help. 
it did not help. <laughs> it added to things, if anything else, because... So this is after he came back from uh, basic training? Well, I got our own place right before he got back, about mm-hmm. a month before he came back. Um, but we lived in it together after he came back. And I, like I said, I thought it would help. It did not help. It added to things because we had even more bills. And um, he was not only horrible at money management, but he wanted to be able to spend his money on whatever he wanted because he wanted to be able to buy things for people that were not me <laughs> or our daughter. And um, so it did not go well. And we sep- we ended up having lots of fights and his aunt and uncle moved back in with us, which did not help matters any at all again. Um, oh, before they moved back in, I had gotten really depressed mm. and we were both working a lot. And so bec- between those facts, I, the housework got very behind. Um, and so he had left with our daughter to his parents' house and refused to bring her back until the place was clean. And once we got it clean, he refused to move back in without his aunt and uncle, which is the only reason his aunt and uncle moved back in because I did not want them anywhere near us. Um, I think they were a lot of the examples that he had when Mm. he was younger that led to him making the choices he did. So I did not want them near us or our daughter. Um, But it was the only way for me to get my daughter back in the home, I thought, because I was very young and I did not know very much about things like that at the time. Mm -hmm. and um so I allowed it because it was the only option I thought I had and we had had a really big fight and I remember he made he made he tried to make a special dinner for me one night and he set it up in our bedroom so that we could have privacy from all the people that were living in our house because with his aunt and uncle came his two cousins and his older cousin's girlfriend and then he moved some co-workers in as well um, into a two-bedroom apartment. So we had a lot of people and a dog in a very small place. <laughs> and so he um, tried to set up dinner for us to give us alone time. And when he went out of the room to go to the bathroom, his phone vibrated again. And the same girl that had texted him during Christmas break while he was away, um, when he was home from the military training, um, had messaged him. And so I looked at it and it was innocent. It was friendly. Um, but I could tell that there had, there had been texts that had been deleted. And so I was very upset and I let it go for the time being. Um, until a couple of days later when I found messages, um, from her indicating that he had given her the impression that I was not my daughter's mother. Um, at which point I flipped out <laughs> and I started making plans. Oh, I, to leave. I, yeah. I started making plans to leave. Um, and so I had initially talked to a friend of mine who lived out in Kansas and was going to go out there, but my grandpa passed away. And so I moved in with my granny to help take care of her instead. And that was at a time he thought I was just going to move down here to um, help with her and that he would join me later. And then about two weeks after that, it came to be our one year wedding anniversary. And he dropped me off at work. So all of this things, all of these happen in a year? In the first year, yes, of our marriage. Well, we'll say the first two years because we talked about while we were dating too, um, the first two years of our our relationship. And so he, he dropped me off at work on our wedding anniversary and he was trying to be all sweet and romantic and kiss me on the side of the car, you know? And, um, I said, I can't do this. This is supposed to be one of the happiest days of our lives. I mean, you're supposed to celebrate your one year wedding anniversary with your other half, you know, your, your soulmate, you know? And I was not doing that. And, um, I was to a point where I didn't even want him to touch me, um, because I didn't know what he'd been doing with who he had several people at work that I came to realize that he was probably having an affair with as well. And so I was the, the girl he'd been texting was in New York. So her, I wasn't, I wasn't worried about anything happening between the two of them physically. Um, cause I knew he didn't have time to go to New York when we were in New Jersey. But um, the ones at work, I was worried about. And so 
Um, we separated that day. I moved to my parents' apartment, which was down the hall. Um, and he started dating somebody else within a week. And her sister was her sister and her sister's husband were living with us at the time because her sister's husband worked with us or worked not with us with my husband. And so um, I thought she knew and she did not. And she was only 17 at the time. And he was over 21. And within a month, I was leaving to come to Georgia. And I was at the apartment packing. And he came in and he was like, I need to tell you something. I was like, okay. He was like, sit down. I was like, okay. And he said, she's pregnant. And I was like, okay. Like, I mean, that's fast, but, <laughs> you know, it, I didn't, Right. I, you know, we were separated and I was heartbroken that we were separated and that he hadn't changed, but um, it wasn't a big, big blow to me because I knew he'd been sleeping with her. Um, I'd come over several times to bring our daughter is it, to is it a Is it a big blow because this had happened in the past and uh, you kind of got numb? towards it or is it um, is it more of a you didn't want to show to him but still kind of uh suffered later I think it's a little bit of both I think at the time I was more it was more that I was in denial about how about how big of a blow it was um because I tried to not care because we were separated and we were getting divorced and I had my daughter he'd signed the paperwork that I was able to take my daughter with me and that was the most important thing to me that my daughter didn't have to stay with him and be influenced by what he was doing. Um, and I didn't know yet that she was 17 at the time. I knew she was still in high school, but I did not know she was 17. And so I believe, she, I believe then he told me she was still 17 and she had a month before she turned 18. Um, but I'm not positive that I didn't find that out till after I moved to Georgia. Because um, well, it's been eight, nine years now. So correct. No, um, I understand. Yeah. Not all of the details are exact in my so head. So currently, anymore. right now, are you in Georgia or are you in New Jersey? I'm in Georgia. You're in Georgia. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um. So I had come down here, and um. He was still trying to convince me that he wanted to work things out. Even tried telling me that the child she was carrying wasn't his. Um. And he had taken her off to his mom's in New York. Um, and then he moved to Texas with her um, before moving them back to New Jersey again. Mm. And she ended up pregnant a second time. And again, he tried to say that that baby was not his, that it was their roommates. Um, and then he ended up in several other relationships. I'm not sure exactly when they all happened because after about a year, I stopped trying to force him to be a part of my daughter's life mm -hmm. and he kind of dropped off the planet. So um, tell me about, cause I know initially when we talked about, he said he has how many kids uh, with the different ones? He has a total of nine kids, including my two. Okay. So that first one that I, I told you about, he has three with her that are biologically his. Mm. And then he also signed a birth certificate for another one. That's not his. Um, in his trying to convince and force her to stay with him, even though he was supposed to be trying to work his marriage out with me. Oh, okay. So, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you are like, definitely um, your mom, two kids. And I remember when we kind of talked offline, you said you were very much close, closer, you, you were closer to the other stepkids Yes, the, those first and, two that she had, especially. Um, so let's let's talk about a little bit now. What? Because I know we kind of talked about this offline, that it was very interesting for you to say that, and I I agree with it, that you had that understanding. And uh, so tell me about like what kind of what do you think his 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 behavior is stemming from? And you talk about his, his childhood and his um, uncle and aunt. Uh, so yes. tell us the overall 
you know, macro view of what do you think in terms of what sort of things in his childhood is a sexual trauma, is there emotional abuse, or is a neglect that kind of put him in? Um, I honestly think it's a little bit of all of it. Um, there's the fact that I don't know. I don't think he really got to know his grandparents, but I do know that, that his grandfather was physically abusive and verbally and an alcoholic. Um, and his grandmother kind of just took it. And I believe, I don't know much about his father's life, um, but I do know he is on his third wife. And um, they have admitted to how do I put this politely? Because <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to keep it um, PG as well as right. not offend anyone. Right. Um, they have had some, I'll say, marital issues um, and relationship issues um, as okay. far as being faithful and loyal. Um, I do know he's claimed what he's claimed happened as a child, but with all of his lying, I don't know how much of that is true. Mm. Um, but I do know he was, he has claimed to be physically abused and through counseling, he had remembered being sexually abused as a child. But when we met the people that he thought had abused him, he said their faces were not who he remembered seeing. Um, so I'm not sure that that wasn't coerced by mm. the therapist um that was involved in the child custody case when when his dad got him from his mom okay but i know he's always had anger issues um when he was little like he, in school yeah at school if he got on a fight got in a fight at the school uh bus stop he would black out and he wouldn't know what like he wouldn't even remember what he had done um he also threatened his stepmother um, to kill her in her sleep and um, pushed a dresser on his youngest stepbrother um, in an effort to try to convince her to leave his dad. Wow. So there's, there's definitely history there. And yeah. with my and research... He was, only about, he was only about nine years old at the time. So you know it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't just because he was angry. <laughs> there was something that right. made him think, okay, well, maybe I should do this, you know? Um, so, yeah. So, did you see these early signs? Yeah. I did, but I didn't because I thought, when I saw them, we talked about it, and he was like, this isn't who I want to be. Mm. Um, and we had even talked about how he didn't want to be a cheater like he believed his dad to be. Um. And so I did not think that it was a sign I needed to run from because I thought it was something that he wanted to use to make himself better. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That, I, I was reading a book the other day on uh, psychology and it says um, a lot of the time, of course, there are specific uh, traits that you could look for and you need to look for. And uh, one of the, biggest thing that liars or pathological liars or narcissists that's what they were calling about in that book they say they 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 are very good at uh, mimicking what the mm -hmm. other person wants to hear absolutely and uh, they kind of take that role pretty easily it comes very easy to they do they, you, they do you have no um, yeah like doubt to not to believe them yeah when we were when we were dating and engaged i remember there were times where we had been in, like I said, we were getting little fights here and there. And I remember waking up to him crying because he wanted to make me think that he was that sorry, that he was crying and, you know, as he lay there trying to sleep in re regret for what he had done. Mm -hmm. um, and I found out later that he, he of course, was not, um, not truly, um, or he would have not right. done what he did anymore. <laughs> right. So um, I, I absolutely agree with that. So definitely a strong story and then a lot of people might be thinking in my audience like okay hold on a minute so how is this story relevant to us so i do want to remind all of you everyone who's listening to this podcast this episode i will try to bring in both sides of the aisle to understand that if we do not work on ourselves if we do not 
take care of certain things, trauma and um, depression and anxiety, all of it, that we know there's a problem. And this is, this is, this is one of the end results that end up happening. Either you cheat on your partner, either you do uh, get into addictions, you're not taking care of your kids. So I just want you guys to remember whoever is listening, that this is why I I try to bring in on both sides and it happens in both sides. So having said that, Ariane, uh, let's just jump into Ariane now. Um, I know you are very passionate about this. You are working towards a coaching program. We will come to coaching program in a minute, but I do want to ask you a question through all this. Now you have a son and um, tell me like, what is there a change in outlook towards men? And um, is there a change in uh, your belief that, uh, you know, how to, how society have created this whole stigma for how boys are raised. Uh, These needs to be of course voiced. Uh, But, Tell me about like how, what's, what's your new outlook? What, how you kind of got over all this and kind of, I'm pretty sure you're still working on it and we all are, it's a constant journey. It never ends, but uh, tell us, tell us our viewer about how did you kind of get to a point where you are right now? Um, The biggest thing for me was community. Um, Yeah. Because it's it's so important. It's so important. Even even those who didn't understand, um, they couldn't. I, they weren't people I could necessarily talk to about what I was going through, mm-hmm. um, because they didn't. They were just like, "Oh, okay, that's really bad. I'm sorry," and we kind of moved on from it. But being able to get it out to them, as well as having people that I knew would support me in my decisions, mm-hmm. um, because for so long. Um, I felt, I remember my mom, when I first separated from him, had, to, had told me, you're not as angry as you should be. And so because my mom and um, my parents had pretty strong feelings about how I should be feeling, mm-hmm. I didn't feel like they were people I could talk to because they were kind of just in the, you need to get over it. You need to let it go. You've left him it doesn't matter anymore type phase. This is, this is such an important piece. It's amazing how you said, I'm going to come back to this in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. And so I didn't feel like I had that support from them. I I mean, I knew I did as far as leaving him, but I didn't feel like I did mentally and emotionally from what I was going through. And being a single mom, there's not, there's not a lot of support that is easy to go to. Um, because whether it costs money or it's held by people who um, run their own businesses and they do it during the day, or you have to pay for childcare, um, or just the fact that you have to be able to work and take care of the home all at once, mm-hmm. um, it's not easy to go out to places. It's not easy to find places where you belong. Um, even, you know, I went to mops groups. They're all single. They're not single moms. They're, they're, they're moms who stay at home with their kids while their husband goes and works. So mm-hmm. they didn't understand half the problems I had um, as being a single mom. And my church is growing greatly in the number of people that are closer to my age. But at the time that I joined, it was mainly old, the older generation. So mm-hmm. like not even my mom's age, but like my grandma's age. <laughs> and right, so, right. um, is there weren't very many people there that I could, that I felt I could go to that mm-hmm. I could relate to. And so um, I ended up finding community online. Um, and it's uh, my community is a women's group, um, mainly Christian women, but um, there are a few non-Christians in the group as well. And it just, just being there, just getting to talk to them and, and being able to talk about how my week is or how this is helped so much with everything and i hope those fireworks are not <laughs> that's fine hey guys this loud. is memorial day so <laughs> the background noise is fireworks going off uh yes. at uh, aries place in georgia so at least people are celebrating uh that's yes good. they are so okay. um so that when that's you said been the, the community for me. the community that you found online initially you found a like already a setup community and then um, now was, you are creating your own community or is it? Yes. Okay. The okay. community that I found was just starting when I found it. And so I've been there since, since I started. Um, 
but now I want to create a community that's focused on the things I've been through so mm -hmm. that I can help those single moms that have been divorced and abused and dealt with infidelity in their marriage mm -hmm. um, and all of the emotions and issues that come with it. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. It's such a, such a divine mission. I feel like, because uh, I, I really do believe in the fact like, you know, we should not waste our pain. We should not. Uh, yeah. And uh, it gives you purpose and um, it gives you something to look forward to and serve others so that, uh, you know, even if you can help one person with that, what yeah. you have been through because you already know how to navigate these situations now um, than uh, someone or in your place, like all the way back nine years ago, uh, or even just with, with, with support of, you know, signs, which, which you should be looking for. So it's, it's amazing what you're doing. I'm really, I'm really excited to see where you go. Thank you. I'm really excited too. <laughs> so tell uh, me about, about that a little bit more. So how far along are you in the program and uh, what are you working on right now? And when can we see this program? Sorry, it's a really gotcha. bright firework just went out right in front of my face and I hadn't seen any before now. And it was just like bright that's, red. That's fine. That's fine. Um, so that caught me off guard. Um, I am still in the beginning process. I'm figuring out... Um, what I want my modules to be and okay. um, how exactly I'm going to set up the community. Um, so I have a Facebook page set up for as the details come um, so I can let people know. And it's called a single mom's restoration because it's about. So it's already a set up. It's already a, a set up Facebook page. The Facebook pages. Yes. And I'm in the process of creating a group as well okay. um, so that women can feel comfortable sharing their story in a private and what, what's setting the, what's instead the, of it being public view. What's the name again? Can you just repeat that? It's called a single mom's restoration. A single, single mom's restoration. Yes. Okay. And um, so as I, as I get my course ready and everything, I will release the details on that page so that everybody can can know at that point whether or not they want to do it okay okay and this this program this module would uh, you think that it will have like uh, some sort of course program or some sort of like um accountability partners or group or mastermind yes. is that the That's, okay I, i'm planning on having a course as well as with the community having accountability um to each other mm -hmm. um because like I said, community was a big part of what helped. And um, so I want to make sure that other women have that in a way that makes them feel safe and comfortable sharing their story, mm -hmm. as well as they know that the people that they're talking to understand and they won't be judged for it. So for you, what I understand, community, talking to people helped you a lot. Is there anything else? Like, of course, you go to church. Um, I have seen a lot of people have found, uh, you know, like solace and a lot of people have found healing in God and even me too. I'm, I used to be agnostic, but after all this thing happened, even I'm kind of getting back in it. And, uh, it's, it's, it's weird that suddenly surrendering everything. Um, but yeah. it's, 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 it does help. It does, uh, help attending uh, Sunday service. Um, mm -hmm. but so talk about that a little bit. Like, do you, like, what are the other, uh, areas that you think you, you got health from? Um, definitely from church. Um, and even just doing Bible studies at home. Mm -hmm. They've helped a lot with my mental stability mm -hmm. um, and learning to trust myself um, as well as to not be so afraid. Um, I'm actually reading, I'm still re in the process of reading a book because I'm taking it very slowly. <laughs> um, I started reading a book a couple of months ago. Um, I can't remember what it's called now, um, but it's about fear. Uh -huh. And um, my mom had gotten it for me. And they talk about how the, the feeling of the anxiety can be a choking feeling in your throat. And if you look back at like the Latin root of the word, that's actually what it means to choke and um, or to strangle. And so I wow, didn't know that. That's that's very uh, interesting. Yeah. I'll, so I'll Latin... uh, take a picture of it and yeah, send it to you. Send it to so me. you can, so you can share so, with it. So the Latin word but, of anxiety means to choke. Yeah. Wow. And so it was um it was mind blowing to me because mm -hmm. you know, I'd had anxiety attacks and panic attacks, but it didn't I hadn't connected it to what I'd been going through. Right. Um yeah, not on a full not on that level anyway. Mm -hmm. And um I hadn't connected it to the fact that my feelings 
were basically what was choking me. Um, and so, cause as we, as we talked about offline, I, I don't have insurance and I haven't had it regularly over the years. And so I was not able to go to counseling to get help um, right. and therapy. And so I had to find ways to help myself outside mm-hmm. of that. And so the, the books and the community and the studies, they helped me so much. Um, but in order to do that, you've got to want to. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter what you do, you've got to want to get better. Um, and I knew I had to for my kids. Right. Um, because I don't want my daughter thinking that what I've put up with is normal and that that's what she should do. And I don't want my son to think that that's okay for him to treat other women like this. Absolutely. Like, like what we've been going through. And so that is my biggest concern with my kids is how do I do that? <laughs> uh-huh. um, and so, you know, that's a learning process still. Um, but my, my daughter and I talk about it, you know, and, and she knows that we don't, we don't get mad at daddy. Um, we just pray for him uh-huh. because there are, there, there have been a couple people in my life who've heard what he did and labeled him as a narcissist. Um, and I believe that that's accurate, but I know he hasn't seen a therapist to actually be diagnosed. Um, but there are a lot of people that say they never change there. It's in their DNA. There's nothing you can do, but God is a God of miracles. And so if anyone can help him, it's going to be God. (laughs) If anyone can make him want to change and get help, it'll be God. And so because she'll tell me, she was like, well, mommy, why don't you just tell daddy to stop? Well, mommy, why don't you just tell daddy that, that he's doing this, that he's making me feel this way? Sweetheart, it's not going to help any, you know, it, it, and with him, it just gives him even more power to be able to manipulate. Yeah. And so I, I, of course, can't explain that to her in a way, and her nine-year-old little brain will understand. <laughs> so I just say, baby, I've tried, and now we've just got to pray and let God handle them, because... God's the only one that can help him. God's the only one that can open his heart. And so that's what, that's my biggest thing with helping my daughter deal with it is. um, No, I agree. Um, To pray for him. It's, um, I do believe, you know, in power of prayers and miracles and it does happen uh, no matter what people say. I think like a lot of the times that people talk about, um, oh, they won't change. I don't believe in it. Um, Yeah because people can change. Um, you know, it takes a little bit of nudge from God or universe, spirit, whoever you believe in. And all you have to do is just in that step towards like uh, working, working towards yourself. Like you have to put in the work. There's no other way. Yeah. Uh, you actually have to work. You cannot just sit on the couch. you have to want to before you can't. Absolutely. Put in you work. have to really. Because you can put in work for 10 years and right. if your heart's not in it, right. it's not going to make any difference. Oh, absolutely. You so have many people to... don't understand that like well I tried it didn't right. work right. well you didn't want to then <laughs> right no I, I agree I agree because you know I, I I'm a big believer in that like you have to want to yourself yeah and at one point that's where you draw a line like even for me mm-hmm. uh, when my partner uh, and I you know separated and uh, I was like because that was the end of it I was like look I mean I cannot make make any change in you i can keep working on myself yeah. but if you think everything is is my fault and that's a separate story and that will be uh for another episode <laughs> for me but uh you know i i do believe in it you have to want to change yourself yeah. and being outside um exactly. I, I like this quote i really believe in this quote from um one of my really the guy like eric thomas he said um create the sun from the inside. You don't have to worry about the sun, sunshine from the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, even on gloomy days, you can, as long as you have it inside you, it's perfect. Right. Um, so talking about that, uh, just kind of going towards closing here. Uh, what do you want to talk about to men or just not on my podcast, just to any men in general, your son, next generation youth, uh, what you had been through, what kind of message uh, do you have? For- um, my biggest message would be one that my parents tried to teach me when I was younger and I started lying, which is everything you do affects everyone around you, whether it's your coworkers because of how you're affected and how you work, whether it's your family that doesn't even live with you, um, 
you know, his family was judged by the fact that he brought somebody else to Thanksgiving dinner right after we separated. And so, because nobody knew that we had separated in his family and nobody knew that he had moved on. And so it affected everybody in his, in his parents' family, mm-hmm. as well as your kids. Um, you know, my daughter goes through phases where she cries because she misses him. And then she, she's, then she just is all of a sudden so angry and she'll come to me out of nowhere. She'll just be playing and she'll just come up to me and she'll be like, mommy, I never want to see daddy again. I never want to see him. I never want to speak to him. I wish he would just die. And so, you know, those are times where we'd stop and pray. Because <laughs> mm-hmm, <right. laughs> I don't know how to help her with those feelings. So I need God to come down and help her with those feelings. <laughs> and, um, but still the fact that she's affected so much by right. this. And I know I'm not close to my stepsons and I don't see them as often, but I have talked to their mother. And since he started Skyping semi-regularly with them, they have regressed to back when they lived with him. The uh-huh. um the six year old is isn't going to the bathroom in the bathroom anymore. He's having to to wear pull ups throughout the day because he he just won't go to the bathroom. Yeah. And so I don't know exactly what's going on with them, but I do know it's affecting them still to this day. Uh-huh. No matter what he's doing, even though he's not physically there with them, um whatever happened, um because I wasn't there, so I don't I I, I don't want to guess what happened. I know what she says happened and I know what he says happened. Um, but whatever happened is still affecting them to this day. Right. Four years, two, let's see, my son is two years old now. So two and a half years ago, three years, um, that they haven't seen him. It's still affecting them just by seeing him through Skype. Right. Um, and so also while you're, while you're trying to repair things, don't forget that it can still affect them. Be patient and understanding. Mm-hmm. And if, if you're not, if you're not on, if you're not on my husband's side and you're on my side where you're helping to deal with the, with the issues that were caused, like I know you are in your situation, Rish. Right. Um, be sure to remember that as well as you're helping yourself and your children through it. Things can pop up out of nowhere that you thought weren't a problem anymore, but it always affects everything. How you respond to how you've been treated can affect um, how your children deal with it. Mm-hmm. And so that's what everybody needs to keep in mind, no matter which side of the equation you're on, is yeah. everything you do affects everyone. Absolutely. Yeah. So. No, thank you. Thanks for the message because, you know, that's, that's uh, exactly, um, I, I, I believe in it, uh, that you got to be careful because, you know, I mean, I, yes, I had been through my share of things, but I also had been there where I was, uh, you know. Not perfect. Not perfect, you know. Like I was yeah. kind of in the in the spiral because yeah, um, to cope with trauma, and then you do stuff that negative, mm-hmm. like addiction or whatnot, uh, and that doesn't yeah. help either. Exactly. But very interestingly, I I took this course, uh, Catherine Woodward, if I remember her last name correctly. Uh, she has a course on Mind Valley, and it was free course, and I kind of got into the whole thing, and I took the whole thing. Whole course is uh, conscious uncoupling, and one mm-hmm. of the things she says, um, you have to heal completely to move on to the next uh, relationship. And, yeah. and she mentions that even if the other person has ninety-seven percent of their fault, you still have three percent. All you need to do is just work on your three yeah. percent, and uh, and that's that's so important to understand that on both sides, whoever side whoever you know whichever side of the aisle is is as you said like you know make sure you understand like there's repercussions for everything this is it's happening right now but it's actually might trigger the next generation and the legacy and Mm -hmm. and uh no and that's exactly you know why i i started this platform myself is because i'm like we need to bring this issue up for men because this is not had been told a man or youth boys everyone had been told boys don't cry okay yeah he's just a boy it's okay to be angry right like no it's not it's not okay and our children soak up everything whether we realize it or not yeah they soak up i mean there were times where i thought my daughter was in the other room not listening to me and i would be having a conversation with my friend and then she would repeat some of the stuff i said later right and i was 
like, oh, well, I got to watch what I say. Right. Because, well, to me, I was just venting to a friend. She heard me, which is why I'm so careful now. And, you know, I'm I'm more mindful about what I say about him. And sure. I make sure my mom is too. Because <laughs> as I said, my parents and I have very different views about our feelings about all of this. A couple of more questions. So mm-hmm. how, how do Ariane keeps herself motivated every day? I think about my kids and the fact that they need better than what I was previously giving them. Um, and that that's what keeps me going. Yeah. Um, as well as now that I want to help other women, um, that as well. Um, because I know and um, yeah. I don't want them to end up in the same cycle I did. Because <laughs> no. um, like I said, I, I went back because I was in denial about all my feelings. I, I buried them all. Um, I honestly didn't think I could let those feelings surface because I was afraid since I come from a family full of addictions, I was afraid to let those feelings out because I was afraid I would drown them with those addictions and I wasn't sure I would come back up. Um, and so, and even if I did come back up, my daughter might've been taken from me in the meantime. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, and even with going to therapy, I was, I was scared to go to therapy for a while, even when I did have insurance, because I've heard horror stories of that being used against moms to take their children from them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm sure the same goes for fathers as well, goes, you know, yeah. um, I've not heard about it. But like you said, you know, this is something that isn't talked about very often. So right. um, I can imagine it is, but um, I don't, I don't personally know. But um, that fear just kept me from dealing with it all. And so I, I want to make sure that other people know that it's okay. It's okay to deal with it. You're going to have some days that are better than others. Right. But you've got to get proper ways of dealing with it in place because bearing it and ignoring it is not proper and it oh, won't yeah. help any because like you said, you've got to heal from things. And oh, if you I, don't, then it causes a bad cycle. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. And it's so true because, you know, I mean, there are times that uh, this journey was more like, well, there are, there will be days I'm like, Hey, today, all I want to do is just lay in bed all day. Right. Yep. And it, Absolutely. Came, it came to a point where I'm like, you just have to worship the pain. Sometimes you just have to worship it to get to the bottom of it, to understand, like peel all the layers until you get to the bottom of it. Like, yeah. why has this been happening? Because I feel like on a surface level, we see like, oh, it's hurting, but there might be a completely different reason it might be hurting. Yeah. But uh, no, I do agree. And then, you know, small wins. That's, that, that was my big thing. That, yes. You know, just, just even if it's a small thing that you felt like, yep. And of course, gratefulness. I mean, you, yeah. Even and, all and this. You, you decide what those small wins are too. You don't right. let other people determine no, it's for you. you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause and, that's one thing that I found out recently. I had a lady that was trying to help me um, with coaching me to get a job. And she said, you know, I want you to keep a journal of things that are going right in your life. She said, she said, it doesn't have to be something. She said, it can be as simple as you got out of bed right. and got dressed for the day. She said, I don't care if you don't get out till told noon she said you need to know that you're doing something she said especially you know when when you have negative influences around you still you need to know you are doing something you are making progress you are getting better yes you know you're not you're not backsliding and and going back to the same old behavior Uh just because other people think you are right and so that that I agree that helped me no, a lot as well. That's that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. What does love means to Ari now? Oh goodness. <laughs> um, I think for me, love is trying to show God's love to others, um, even in a relation, even in a marriage, um, because that's ultimately the goal is to show other God, show others God's love for them. Right. And treat them how he would want us to. Beautiful. And so Beautiful. I, I think I think that would have to be <laughs> how I look at it now because I I'm outside of that I don't really know anymore. No, I mean you nailed I'm it. Still I finding, mean, it's, it's it's your I'm version. still figuring it out, you know. That's, like like you said, every day is a work in progress and we're right. still, I'm still on this journey and there's so much that I don't know. Correct. Yeah, I mean, we. And so that's that's all I have. (laughs) Aren't aren't we all? Aren't we all? Like, uh, I I don't think like no one has their answers. Um, we are just. People think they do. Right. You know, and uh, if that's the case, then uh, you know those are not really my people. The reason is I believe like everyone has a story. Everyone, uh, realize and 
like break down things differently and that's why the every yeah. one of our stories needs to be shared like for years and then the way i interpret things so your love means to ari at this point god's love and that's that's it i mean there's yeah. no right or wrong to it like that's your being that's your answer so i appreciate that mm-hmm. so having been said i do close off with a every episode with one of my favorite quote a book that i read that month or that week and uh, i think today this this episode i really love this quote to close out this episode is from uh, one of my favorite writer ryan holiday his books ego is the enemy and uh, it says not to aspire or seek out ego to have success without ego to push through failure with strength not ego so guys remember ego is the enemy and yeah. sometimes we just have to push to our strength and find that strength in our weakness so it's okay to be weak but first you have to admit it first you have to understand it and uh, just like you heard Ari's story today how her whole life was at one point uh was completely so much trials and tribulations but now on the other side uh there she is creating a coaching program helping other women letting her pain guide her letting a god guide her to serving other women and uh every trials and tribulations comes with triumph so as long as you remember that just remember you are not alone and this is how we're going to close it today Thanks for listening to this episode and remember you are not alone. Go and like Dads and Deadlifts podcast and leave reviews, subscribe to it, share with this podcast with the men in your life and I will see you next episode with some other guests with more advice, more nuggets. Thanks for listening to another episode of Dads and Deadlifts and I hope you are as excited as I am learning from our guest today on the specific topic. Please subscribe, share and leave a comment and tag Dads and Deadlifts on Instagram and Facebook with your experience of today's episode. Cuz remember, your one share might save someone from feeling alone and provide them the tools they can incorporate in their daily lives. Let's each of us do our part in helping men around the world. You can personally message me on my Facebook page or Instagram page Dads and Deadlifts if you want your story to be shared on the podcast or if you just feel alone and want someone to reach out to. Always remember you are not alone. All you got to do is reach out and I am rooting for you. Until next week, your host Rish signing off. I will see you next week with another brand new episode.